0: Hello, everybody, and welcome to a special edition of the Salt and Light Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Today, we're going to be going into the Salt and Light closet and pulling out some of our favorite conversations from the winter and spring of 2023. First off, we bring you my featured conversation with Dallas Jenkins. He's the creator, director, and producer of the popular TV series on the life of Christ, The Chosen. You do not want to miss that conversation. After that, we reconnect with singer-songwriter Francesca La Rosa, who's been writing a lot of new psalm settings. In our second half hour, we speak with another film producer and director, Don Johnson, about a new series on the Rosary, filmed entirely in the Holy Land. And at the end of the program, we reconnect with singer-songwriter Lorraine Hess, who's composed a mass setting dedicated to St. Catherine of Siena. Remember that you can listen to all our programs at slmedia.org slash podcast, and to comment on what you hear or to ask any questions, you can look for me, Deacon Pedro, on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You can also email me, pedro at slmedia.org. We begin now with a featured conversation with Dallas Jenkins of The Chosen. I'm sure you've all heard of The Chosen. It is the first ever multi-season series about the life of Christ seen through the eyes of those who knew Him. The Chosen is completely crowdfunded, $10 $10 million was raised for Season 1 and over $40 million funded Seasons 2 and 3. Episodes of the series have been watched over 400 million times. The Chosen is created, directed, and co-written by Christian filmmaker Dallas Jenkins. As the series released their third season, I had the chance to speak with Dallas Jenkins. You're going to love this conversation. He told me about growing up and how he was inspired by... One Flew Over the Cuckoo's Nest and the West Wing, and how the show has strengthened his own faith. We talked about how it all started, how they write the series, and what's new in Season 3. He also reveals how many more seasons there will be and what we can look forward to. Just a note, when Dallas and I spoke, they had just released Episode 6 of Season 3. They had done a theater release for Episodes 1 and 2 in November 2022, Coming in at number three in the box office, for episodes seven and eight, they were planning a theater release which took place on February 2nd and 3rd in over 2,000 theaters worldwide and, as it turns out, was extended after the ticketing website crashed due to high demand. If you haven't yet watched The Chosen, you have to. But first, here is my conversation with Dallas Jenkins. Dallas, welcome to our program.
1: Oh, thank you so much for having me.
0: Now you're a busy guy i know you're you're writing you're producing you're directing you're i don't know what else you're doing um but i like to go back to the beginning so that it, people get to know you a little better what tell us about dallas jenkins how did you end up making movies and tv shows and, and writing
1: well my father is jerry jenkins he's the author yes. of the lot behind books which were a huge uh, success about twenty five yes. years ago. So I grew up in a storytelling family in a storytelling environment. Now I was uh, a huge sports fan. I was a bit of a jock. I, I okay. liked broadcasting, sports broadcasting. But when I was in high school, I saw the movie One Floor Over the Cuckoo's Nest with Jack Nicholson. Yes, nineteen seventies. And uh, there's a there's a scene in there that was so moving to me and so inspiring. I I literally stood up off the couch. I was so excited, and uh, I remember thinking. Whatever that is, I want to do that. The the notion of telling a story and creating a scene and an experience where the viewer can be moved like I was, uh, I would love to do that (laughs) for a career somehow. And that's when I started getting really into movies, really into TV, and started to want to to tell those stories myself.
0: Yeah, what a great story. And, And not so much to end up, I mean, doing the work, but actually doing the work that I think is inspiring others. I can imagine right. young people watching what you're doing now and, and thinking, when I grow up, I want to do the same thing. Tell stories that move people. Um, how did the idea for The Chosen come up?
1: Well, I had been doing uh, some short films and vignettes for my church uh, 10 yeah. years ago. I mean, in fact, that's where I met Jonathan Rumi, who plays Jesus. Okay, and I did I did a short film for our church's Good Friday service about the crucifixion. And okay. just like The Chosen, it was from the perspective of different characters. So it was in this case, it was a perspective of the two thieves on the cross. Mm. And so when I was auditioning uh, and casting for, that, for those roles, that's when I discovered Jonathan. And when he auditioned for Jesus, I was completely blown away like everyone is now. And so we've done over the course of, six years or so before The Chosen even existed, a few vignettes and short films about uh, stories of Jesus, but from different perspectives, but they were short. They were just intended for our church. Yeah. And while I was doing a short film, another short film for my church is Christmas Eve service. This time, Jonathan wasn't in it. It was about the birth of Christ Okay. from the perspective of the shepherds. It was done on my friend's farm in Illinois, 20 minutes from my house. It was real small. And uh, while I was doing it and loving it, and realizing there's something here this idea of taking the time to develop some of these backstories and the yeah. context of the time the cultural context the historical context some yeah. of the things that scripture doesn't talk about but we know were there and so uh at the time, I was binge watching TV shows with my wife, and I thought, man, you know, there's never been a there's never been a multi season show about the life of Christ. There's been movies, there's been miniseries, and they always go from Bible verse to Bible verse, miracle to miracle. You never really get a chance to take the time to develop any mm-hmm. characters or uh, connect with any people who encounter Jesus. It's always just Jesus healed this person, and then he healed the next person, and you can appreciate that because it's the Bible on screen. But unlike A normal show or movie that you'd watch there isn't really a visceral or emotional connection with the people uh in the story and and oftentimes we see jesus as a stained glass window or a statue or if you see him in a bible show typically very stoic so that's where i had the idea for it Mm. but i but i was coming off of a big career failure i didn't even know if i'd ever make another movie again (laughs) i'd been making movies for 15 years and my my big hollywood opportunity failed so i was like oh this will never happen right very very long story short that short film for my church Ended up going viral. I told people you have an opportunity if you want to invest uh, through crowdfunding. Right, this first, first season of the show, I have an idea for, and uh, and we ended up shattering the all time crowdfunding record. Yeah, generating ten million dollars from thousands of people I, around the world, and the rest is history.
0: I know, amazing. So that first film, that was the shepherd, that people would have seen if they saw that first crowdfunding video, because it became kind of like your if I can say pilot episode uh, for the, for the chosen, you know what? It's so true because what I, what I appreciate about the show, and I think I appreciate from every, any good sermon or Bible study where they really unpack and, and bring those words to life and give us the backstory is what, what moves me and makes, makes me find the depth in, in the story and in what, what Jesus or whoever, what is, what is being taught Um, was the idea original idea. And I think, I think it still is to develop the backstories that that's why it's called the chosen that it's not called the jesus story it's not about jesus but about the disciples the the other people
1: yeah so i don't know if you've seen the west wing um yeah absolutely oh wonderful yeah Yeah. i think the west wing is a really great comparison where it's about the president ultimately yeah but that we're, we're focusing as much or sometimes even more on the people around the president. Including yeah,
0: his I get it. Yeah. So, uh,
1: the, the show is ultimately, a, you know, it's centered around Jesus in the sense that everyone's lives in the show encounter or are impacted by Jesus in some way. Mm-hmm. So you could say he's the main character, but he doesn't get all the screen time. So yeah, one of the, one of the meanings behind the, sh- the title, the chosen is, uh, those that Jesus chose to follow him. Uh, but, uh, From the beginning, yes, the idea was, we're going to develop the people around him so that you can see Jesus through their eyes. And the operating principle was, if you can see Jesus through the eyes of those who encountered him, and if you can identify with their questions and their struggles and their issues that are very similar to what we face today, then hopefully you can be changed and impacted in the same way they were. And you yeah. can identify with the solution to their struggles and the answer to their questions. Absolutely. And so, The first episode of the chosen, if you haven't seen it, when you first start watching the chosen, you might watch episode one and be thinking halfway through where's Jesus. I thought this was a yeah. Jesus show. Yeah. We're yes. introducing you to yeah. Simon yes. and to Matthew yes. and to Mary Magdalene and to Nicodemus before they encountered Jesus. So that when he does show up, mm-hmm. the impact is actually really powerful because you've experienced their yeah. lives and then when jesus shows up it feels like a, a respite a, a, yeah. a, you know a, a solution
0: it's so true and i don't know about anybody else but i have a hard time identifying with jesus so right. i like that you're giving us other people that we can identify uh, with and you know like simon and his wife eden and all that um is has that been hard to stay focused on the disciples and the other characters and not focus more on jesus
1: well i Sometimes, but I wouldn't call it hard. I would say we we really try to let the story become inevitable, meaning uh, when we're writing and developing the season, uh, we start from, okay, where is this story going okay. and, and what do we have to say? But we start with the end. So we, when we first sat down to map out the seven seasons of the show, we started with the end of the series. Where are we going in this story? So obviously, spoiler alert, the, the yeah. resurrection and <laughs> the aftermath of that. Yeah, we know the ending. And, and, and we know uh, Jesus's death and, and you know crucifixion. so and the, but we also know some of the characters around Jesus at that time. So we know for example, Nicodemus ultimately was someone who helped in the burial of Jesus mm-hmm. and gave lots of money towards uh, that process. We know where Simon Peter was, we know where Mary Magdalene was. Well we're going to work our way backwards to when they first met jesus and so we're going to go all the way back so even in the first season we knew where the first season was going to end and then we worked our way backwards from there yeah. we knew where episode one was going to end we worked our way backwards from there yes. so that we know where we're going so uh the story that's that we're developing it's a really good question i wouldn't say it's hard to focus on the the supporting characters uh because we're following their stories and we're also following jesus's story and we know mm-hmm. where it's going So the the process is just simply, how do we get there? And uh, we know that uh, in the story itself, there are lots of things that maybe aren't given lots of time in the Bible, but we have lots of room to give time to in the show. For example, the Roman occupation, which isn't talked about a ton in the gospels, because all the readers at that time would have known exactly, they wouldn't Mm -hmm. have needed any explanation. We're giving you the backstory and the Mm -hmm. context of the, the Roman government, the how they related to the religious leaders, all of those things that we really have a time to develop. And those things impacted our main characters. So we have storylines that we can develop that aren't necessarily directly from Scripture, but absolutely these characters would have been facing at that time, which enhances what Jesus came to do. And Exactly. You, like a good sermon can give you, oh my goodness, a light bulb. Exactly. I, I've read this verse a hundred times. It's meaningful, but I, I didn't know how meaningful it was until I understood the context of the time.
0: Absolutely Absolutely. Um, one last question, Dallas. How has this experience helped you deepen your faith or your understanding of Scripture and maybe your relationship with Christ?
1: Yeah. Uh, well, there's two ways. One on a macro level. I'm just, because I'm doing the show, I'm doing more research than I've ever done. And so I'm experiencing some of these things that you experience as a viewer, where sometimes there's that light bulb moment of, oh my goodness, I don't think I ever knew that during this time, Pilate was uh, doing this to the Jews, or I didn't realize that the Pharisees, the the different sects of the Pharisees and, and Sadducees and Essenes and Hellenists and all the different Jewish, all these references that Jesus makes sometimes that... I don't understand as an American Gentile 2000 years later, but once you understand him, you're like, Oh, I got to get that into the show because that really unlocks things for me. But, but the second thing is in my personal relationship with Christ is the realization of just how personal Jesus was, you know, this as a, as someone who's counseled people is that when Jesus called people to follow him or when he healed their physical diseases, those stories in the gospels, they were always very specific Mm -hmm. to that person Mm -hmm. he wasn't just saying to a group of a thousand people all right everyone come follow me he wasn't just saying to a thousand people you're all healed at once he he saw their specific need it wasn't always just physical. Sometimes it was spiritual as well. And when he called people, he called them in the way that they needed to hear. He was a personal God. Yes. And so that intimacy—you see that in the show. Whenever the Jesus has an encounter with someone, we 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 make it very focused, very personal, almost as though Jesus is talking to you, the viewer. And that has been a big thing for me is realizing that he's a personal God and he has a personal relationship with you, and he he operates with you on a on a on a specific level to you, not just to the masses.
0: Yeah, I would say that that's really the good news, that personal God. And and can I say, I'm glad you mentioned that, because that's what I loved about that ending of season two of the Sermon on the Mount, that when he says that blessed are the merciful, he knows who he's talking about. Right. Blessed are the poor in spirit. He knows exactly who's poor in spirit. And, and uh, we need to let ourselves hear Jesus speak to us in the same way. And I think you're helping us. You and the whole crew and cast and your whole team is helping us uh, get to that kind of relationship with Christ. So thank you, Dallas, for what you're doing. And I'm excited that there are seven seasons. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we're we going to get we there. We're going to help you get there.
1: Yeah, yeah, we got a lot more to go, but I appreciate it. And I, I consider it like a partnership with, with people like yourself because Amen. the end game isn't the show. The show is, is is an opportunity for you to hopefully know and love Jesus more. When you know and love Jesus more, what's next? You want to worship, you want to be discipled, Amen. you want to go deeper, and that's where people like you come in.
0: Amen. Thank you. Thank you for helping us get there, and uh, Absolutely. God bless.
1: God bless. Wonderful to talk to you. Thank you. Thank you.
0: That was my conversation with Dallas Jenkins, creator, director, and co-writer of the popular crowdfunded multi-season series on the life of Christ, The Chosen. You can watch The Chosen for free. It is available on The Chosen app. Get it wherever you get your apps or go to new.thechosen.tv. That's also where you can go and donate so that they can continue making this wonderful series new.thechosen.tv I'll put that link on our site so you can find it easily at slmedia.org Here now is Francesca La Rosa with Psalm 91 Be With Me Lord That was Francesca La Rosa with Psalm 91, Be With Me Lord. We met Francesca La Rosa during the pandemic, and she was featured on this program in November 2020. But since then, I see her name popping up everywhere. Francesca is becoming an accomplished liturgical composer in her own right. And recently, she has been publishing psalms that can be used in the funeral liturgy. She's also producing new music videos. Needless to say, she has been busy and so it's a good opportunity to catch up. And so to tell us more, I'm now joined by Francesca La Rosa. Francesca, welcome back to the Sultanite Hour. It's good to oh. see you.
2: Thank you so much for having me, Deacon Pedro. It is always a pleasure to be on this show, and I just hope you're doing so well. It's great to talk to you.
0: <laughs> I am. I am, and it's, it's always good to see you. You're, you always look so happy, and you have such a beautiful smile. And I want to know a little bit about those two years. So we met in November 2020, or around mm-hmm. then, maybe a little before then, and in the thick of it. So you were not performing, not churches were closed. Was that a, a fruitful, creative time for you?
2: Yes, it was, it was kind of a crazy time. Like truly like lockdown was hard and I think it affected all of us in, in different ways, especially like emotionally, spiritually. Um, So I was very sad to have a lot of my, my shows were canceled. I think that happened for a lot of musicians just with lockdown, we couldn't have special events. So that was really heartbreaking. And I just asked the Lord, how do you still want to use my gifts? And He really pointed me towards the Psalms. And so I had been writing a lot of the Psalms when I was a music director at my at my home parish. And so I wanted to start sharing them and releasing them every week. And honestly, I didn't think it was gonna go anywhere. Um, I was really just releasing them. So it was something that I had on paper, it was something that I'd been working on. And like I got my first sale and it was my dad (laughs) because he's (laughs) he's so supportive, and that's really how I thought it would go. Like I really had no expectations. I just wanted to share my music in case someone could use it. So that's kind of what I started doing during 2021. I started releasing my Psalms every week and it's just been, it's been a beautiful journey to meet other people that want to use these Psalms and I'm just, I'm so honored. Like, I'm, I'm so honored that anyone would even want to sing a piece of music that I've ever written. Like, I, I, I can't even wrap my mind around it, but um, I, know, I, I just go where yeah. God leads me. <laughs> oh,
3: no,
0: I know what you mean. I, I had a, a friend of mine once said to me that that for a Catholic songwriter to hear their song at Mass it's like the equivalent of having you you know your music played on you know the top 10 you know on the radio and and i and i i agree i i i think it would be amazing to go to some parish that you're visiting in i don't know somewhere in LA and then they happen to be singing this psalm that they found and it's yours um and everybody needs psalms you know i know so many mm-hmm. liturgical musicians that are just writing their own psalms because they can't find psalms that are That are good. Mm -hmm. I hate to use that word. So you're not just writing them and putting them out, but you're actually providing people with sheet music and even liturgical resources so they can actually help them plan. Tell me about that Mm -hmm. and, and that part of your ministry.
2: Yes, it's been beautiful. Um, I love to like surround my myself around the readings and I love the liturgy of the word. So it's been, it's
3: mm-hmm. been a beautiful
2: journey, you know, to really sink into the word of God. And I, I love the liturgy of the word. I especially love the Psalms. Otherwise. So it's, it's been like so, so beautiful just to, to sink into that and to ask the Lord, to show me the melodies and to really like pray, pray with the readings and let them, I don't know resonate within my heart, and these are the melodies that I've that I've heard in my own heart, in my own prayer, and I hope they can bless other people. So, it's it's been just a really beautiful journey. Everyone's been so supportive, and I, I just feel so lucky to be you, where we are.
0: <laughs> do you? Because I know that that you have even said that you want to help people memorize scripture. Yes, through music, mm-hmm. um, which is a great way to memorize scripture. That's a, anything I've ever memorized is because there was a melody. Um, mm-hmm. So, you're not changing scripture. You're taking the words as they are on the page exactly. and setting them to music. Mm-hmm. Um, tell me more about that. Why?
2: Mm. Well, I, I'm very grateful for like the second pastor that I had at my first job, and he really wanted everything to be word for word. And I was kind of changing a little bit of the Psalms just to make them fit mm-hmm. in the meter, to fit them in the measure. Mm-hmm. I was almost glorifying the measure more than the words. And he told me, Francesca, I can't change the words of the gospel We can't ask the lector to change the words of the first reading. It's so important. It's imperative. It's so important to make sure that this is word for word. So that way people can sit with the word of God Mm -hmm. and it's so holy. It's so sacred. And so that really opened my eyes to, we have an opportunity as composers to not, to not really glorify the measure, but to glorify the word of God and to sink into that. And so it's it's been a beautiful journey to help people memorize the prayers that Jesus prayed because Jesus prayed the Psalms and mm-hmm. he, he spoke these exact words in his own language. But yeah. um, I, I just think it's it's so beautiful to do it in yeah. English and Spanish and to sink into the exact text. So people can feel the word of God.
0: Yeah. No, the good thing is that there are different translations. So if you don't like that translation, you can find (laughs) a different NRSV or NIV. Yeah, Mm -hmm. I know. Um, How did you end up? uh, I mean, is that how you ended up writing Psalms for funerals?
2: Yes. So I started doing Psalms for weddings because I was singing at a lot of weddings and a lot of the brides would pick things out of this yellow book called, I I can't even remember the exact name of the the book, but they always pick the Psalm from there and I didn't have it in my hymnal. So I wrote it for that. And then I had a lot of people reaching out, Hey, I don't have funeral Psalms. Can you set the funeral Psalms to music? And that has been just a really beautiful, it's a new ministry that we're stepping into and it's beautiful to set the funeral psalms to music word for word to help those who mourn. And so it's just, it, we're, we're not completely finished, but we're about halfway done through the funeral psalms. And we hope to have them done by the end of April. And it's it's been a beautiful journey.
0: Are you finding that you're playing at a lot of funerals?
2: I have, yeah. I honestly sing at a lot more funerals than weddings. Um, that's just kind of how it happened at my parish as well. We would have maybe six weddings a year, but we would have so many funerals. So it was just a beautiful way to to walk with people in their mourning and to comfort them and to let them know that they're not alone.
0: So you don't find that? Because I'm a, de- I mean, as a deacon, and I always joke that I, I funerals are so hard for me. And I would much rather do a wedding or a baptisms. You know, bapt- I love baptisms. Funerals, mm-hmm. just call the other deacon. Um, <laughs> you, you don't find that.
2: I, yeah, I'm kind of the opposite. I would rather do a funeral than a wedding, honestly, just because with, with a wedding, the bride, like she has all these expectations. It, it feels like I want the wedding to be absolutely perfect. I want it to fit her vision. I want to hit every high note exactly how she has in mind when it's a funeral. I have no pressure on myself. And my mission completely is to serve and to nurture and to help those who are mourning. And I, I just really like to sink in the funeral ministry. And I think it's pe- people really need a friend during that time
0: yeah they do and music is so important at that time i think what a beautiful calling
2: oh thank you if if
0: i can call it that yeah beautiful and important um thank you i know you've been doing more music videos too and some are lyric videos but some are just good old music videos why why make music videos
2: Hmm. So truly like with the pandemic, it was amazing of how much people missed faces. Like that was like the biggest thing that I found. Like, I know people were doing a lot of zoom calls, but I started releasing lyric videos and they didn't do as well as the ones with me present. And I think people just missed faces. They missed having someone there. So, um, Truly, like, I never wanted to be a YouTuber. I really don't like to be on camera. (laughs) I really don't. Put me in an organ loft, I'll be there all day. I love it. But to be on camera is not like my favorite thing in the world, but it's something that God has really called me to. So we have an opportunity through online ministry to do music videos and to to share our songs in a different kind of way so we're starting to step into that my husband is a jack of all trades like he can do anything so he has been my music producer this entire time i could not do any of this without him so he has been a music producer and so something that he's felt called to is to start doing videography so he's like i really want to do music videos francesca so that's what we're stepping into this is something that he really wants to do and we're just asking the lord to lead us in that
0: it's true and it's it's hitting some people watch videos and they wouldn't listen to to music and and so it's right. another way to 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 find uh to reach other people um oh, thank you so um francesca thank you i look forward to more music from you um when you finish the psalms let us know and uh and then yeah also some of the music videos that i'm i'm really enjoying so thank you for that and thank your husband for that
2: oh thank um, you
0: Anyway, thank you thank you for being with us today, Francesca.
2: Oh, thank you. Such an honor and blessings to you and your ministry. I love everything you're doing.
0: Thank you. You too. You can learn more about Francesca La Rosa, purchase her music, the sheet music, find all the other resources at her website, francescalarosa.com. And to listen to this interview again or to hear the rest of the program, go to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. And here now to take us out is Francesca La Rosa with Holy Spirit Prayer.
4: Breathe in me, O Holy Spirit.
0: We're listening to Holy Spirit Prayer by Francesca La Rosa on this special summer edition of the Saltonite Hour. I'm Deacon Pedro. Check out our website at slash podcast. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour Part 2, I'm Deacon Pedro. I don't know how you feel about the Rosary, but despite what our Church, Church Fathers and many saints have to say, many people struggle with the idea of praying the Rosary and with actually praying the Rosary. But it doesn't have to be that way. I know for one, we don't have to understand how it works to know with certainty that just the words of the Hail Mary have power and meditating on the life of Jesus by the hand of Mary, who knew him best, cannot be a bad thing. But still, many struggle. But you don't have to. That's the hope of a new series titled The Mysteries of the Rosary, produced by Paradises Day and 4PM Media and filmed in the Holy Land, to help you enter deeper into the mystery and power of the Rosary. And to tell us more, we are now joined by filmmaker Dan Johnson. Dan, it's good to meet you. Welcome to the Salt and Light Hour.
3: Deacon, it's good to be with you. Thanks for having me.
0: So so tell me, why do we need a video series to encourage people to pray the rosary?
3: <laughs> That's a great question. First and foremost, I'd say because uh, it was inspired through prayer. <laughs> and that, that would be the why uh, that started reason. this whole project. <laughs> yeah. Um, but the other I would say is, is you know, I think all of us can look around at the world and, you know, say that that prayer is needed. You know, this is the time for prayer, and the the rosary is specifically is a prayer that um, each of us can pick up. And uh, Padre Pio describes it as the weapon of our times, right? Mm-hmm. That um, this is a powerful um, taking our our needs, our desires uh, to Our Lady, and allowing her to take us by the hand to her Son Jesus through praying the rosary. Um, there's no better and, and even uh, simpler way. Uh, to be able to engage in our faith uh, and to do that to pray the rosary.
0: Yeah, absolutely. So so that the 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 idea come first and then the prayer or that the prayer come first and then the idea like how did you come up with this like hey let's just do a video series.
3: Yeah. That's generally how I live my life. Hey, let's find some video <laughs> series. For you. Um but no, so Mark Hartfield, who's the vice president of Paradisus Day. Yeah. Um, so he wrote this and, and he's a good friend of mine. We went to Franciscan University together. Yeah. And he had incorporated the rosary uh, over the past several years into his daily prayer life, praying specifically for his family. Mm. And one day as he finished, uh, he felt the inspiration. Uh, and, and this is not his, his thing. He does not do video work. And he felt the inspiration of the Lord's call. Uh, to do a series on the rosary so before telling anybody else he picked up the phone he called me and uh and said what do you think so of course i jumped at it so yes there's yeah. it's needed it's um it would be beautiful to do it in the holy land um and then coupled with his meditations um are just beautiful so it's kind of a no-brainer but inspired yeah. inspired through prayer
0: well i was going to ask you about the holy land so was that part of the original idea that inspiration that mark had of sh- filming in the Holy land, or is that something that came afterwards through prayer?
3: No, I think that was part of the original inspiration. Yeah. Uh, knowing that uh, my company, 4 PM media had already filmed a project called metanoia. Um, we had filmed in the Holy land with father Dave, Pavanka Yeah. And Mark is good friends with father Dave as well. And so when the inspiration came, he said, Oh, you know, Stan's a good friend. He's already been there. He's done this. And to Excellent. be able to couple the mysteries with the place itself would be uh, just perfect.
0: Yeah, of, of course. And and what a great way to, I mean, all the mysteries that we are meditating when we pray the rosary took place in the Holy Land. So I think <laughs> that that makes perfect sense. Um, so, so how does it work and how many episodes are you working on?
3: so the first series that we did it's the mysteries of the rosary this section is the sorrowful mysteries so there's okay. seven episodes there's an introduction introduction which is more of an introduction into the rosary itself mm-hmm. why we pray why it's powerful why now then there's each of the five sorrowful mysteries uh each has its own episode and then the last one um is called pathway to paradise and it's sort of the conclusion what do we do now okay uh, this, you know um, Empowered with this information and this, uh, these visuals and these stories, what do we do now? Um, so each one follows each one of the um, five in the middle follows the mystery, and we go to the places where the mystery takes place.
0: Okay. That thank you for explaining that because I was thinking okay, there's five mysteries, but there are seven episodes. Um, that but that makes perfect sense. Um, so is the idea that this is giving people kind of like background information or is it more meditative so that people can then take whatever they learn. And And I've watched a few of them and I can say that they totally have inspired me to think about how I'm addressing the mystery or, or, or approaching the mystery from a different perspective. So is, is, is that the
3: hope? The, that is the hope that, you know, I think the rosary for most of us is kind of that thing that our grandmother did, <laughs> you know, like, yeah. We don't really, uh, I don't know that we, if we've gotten away from it somehow. Yeah. So the goal was to reintroduce the power of one Hail Mary. I mean, that's one of the things that Mark talks about yeah. and to rediscover that power and to be able, so the the reflections that Mark give gives are, are aimed both at the head and the heart. So there's theological yeah. ideas and thoughts that are coming out, but then there's also these reflections. Oh, you know, when Mark himself thought for the first time about this concept and what that opened up for him in his contemplation of the mysteries. And then we have interviews from others who have the same thing. We've got stories of miracles and um, things that have happened to people, their experiences through praying the rosary and in their own reflections on some of the mysteries. So it's meant to draw our hearts into uh, the mysteries and to create the desire for us to pray more. So that inspiration to pray the rosary more, then you can dive into the theological elements, uh, which are also kind of brought in through the series as well.
0: Yeah, no, that, that's a beautiful way to put it, that it touches, I mean, it touches the head. And some of us are like, I am very kind of like, I love, like I, I, I get my heart is moved by when I get like, wow, that's so intellectual. Such a cool
3: idea. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Exactly.
0: Yeah. But at the same time, it's touching the heart. Um, um, you worked on this. I mean, I'm sure a, a lot that you've spent on this. I don't know where you were with your personal rosary journey, but I, I mean, how did it help you? Did you learn anything new? Did did you oh, did it transform you in a way, in any way?
3: Yeah, for me, growing up, the rosary was a very strict time, and so my so it was you kneel, you pray, you you know you do, and so if there was kind of this rigidity to it, and yeah. so I think as I grew up and got older, there was a little bit of a hesitation. To the rosary. And um, so reengaging, you know, and over time, I've got seven kids. So I would pray the rosary, and, and over time, I occasionally would pray the rosary for my family and, and those kind of things because it felt like the right thing to do, right? Mm-hmm. It's like a duty to it. Like, I feel mm-hmm. like Mary likes this. I should do it, you know. And, but in engaging this story with Mark and thinking and reflecting more on it, why what have I been doing? <laughs> you know, like, why isn't this a part of my my everyday life? Why isn't this a part of what I do for my family, specifically drawing them together to pray, but also um praying intentionally myself, praying for them, praying for each one of the members of my family. Um, so huge inspiration for me to in- incorporate this more regularly into my prayer life.
0: Yeah, absolutely. Dan, thank you so much for telling us about it today and I mean for working on it and for for being a a, one of those men in the church that are encouraging other men and families to uh, to pick up this this beautiful prayer that's also a a weapon Um, I hope that it's inspiring others to uh, to maybe pick up those beads if they haven't in a long time Um, thank you so much Dan for what you do
3: thank you for having us and continue to pray for us We're, we're working already on the joyful mysteries which will come out this Advent so Um, Please keep us in your prayers and thank you for having me.
0: Amen. Dan Johnson, he's the co-founder and creative director of 4PM Media, and he's also the director of the Mysteries of the Rosary series. You can learn more about the series and watch it for free at therosarieseries.com. If you missed any part of this conversation or to listen to the rest of the show, go to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. And here now is Lorraine Hess with Darkness Cannot Overcome the Light from her album, See the Light.
5: When the only sound we hear Is our lonely beating hearts When the ones who call us friends Aren't friends at all We recall your suffering And we see an empty tomb And we know that darkness cannot overcome the light. And we find hope. And we find peace. And we find strength in the weakness of our lives. And we find joy when we have find the light in the risen Christ When the world takes hold of us and we turn away from you when we feel unworthy of your merciful love We recall your suffering and we see an empty tomb And we know that darkness cannot overcome the light And we find hope and we find peace And we find strength in the weakness of our life joy when we have sorrow we find the light in the risen christ when our grief
0: that was lorraine hess with darkness cannot overcome the light from her album see the light and singing there with lorraine is john Angotti, who also co-wrote the song Lorraine Hess has been on this program three times. Uh, Lorraine has several albums. One of them, Glorify Him, was inspired by the experience of having their home burned down. And we had Lorraine uh, tell us that story here on this program. The last time we spoke, Lorraine had just released her album, See the Miracle. Um, For the year of St. Joseph, Lorraine wrote a beautiful anthem dedicated to St. Joseph called With a Father's Heart. And over the last couple of years, she wrote a mass setting dedicated to St. Catherine of Siena. And so, lots going on. And to tell us more, I am very happy to have Lorraine Hess back on the program. Lorraine, welcome back. It's good to see you.
6: Thanks so much. Same here.
0: I feel like uh, every time I uh, talk to anyone on this program in the last year or so, I have to start by asking them, how were the last couple of years for you? Because they were rough for a lot of people.
6: Sure. Uh, You know, I I try to... uh focus on a lot of good things that have happened. And for me personally, mm-hmm. my 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 four sons have all had major life changes in good ways. My oldest had our first grandbaby and my second one just got married. And my third one graduated college and my fourth one just graduated high school as it started college. So empty nest, wow. I mean, major transitions for yes. our family. And so, yeah, I like to focus on the fact that they were all able to do that at, at now and not when COVID was at its
0: worst. Right, right. And uh, how was it for you as an artist? Because I guess you weren't doing any performing or did you have to, do, were you doing a lot of writing and, and recording?
6: You know, I, right when COVID, of course, it's, it's during Lent when that all happened, right? Yes. And so that's the busiest time of year. So yep. a lot of things were canceled and I had, you know, I was fully loaded with all products and that still had to be paid for without events to help pay for some of those events so that was a little tough at first Mm -hmm. um but you know and then i i everybody was kind of baptism by fire learning technology on how to do things remotely and i'm very interactive in the types of events that i have if i have a concert i have people singing with me if i'm giving a retreat we're doing faith sharing and to do that to my phone
0: yeah you can't do it
6: to my computer yeah it was very frustrating, but I I kept it going. But I also had to invest a lot of money in a mm-hmm. computer that had more memory and a phone that had a better camera and a microphone that picked up better quality. So yeah. that, but I'm glad I did that because now I have it all that I can continue to do it. But I so much prefer in person that I, I rarely even accept um, a job offer to do just a remote thing because- yeah. Just it's,
0: it's not, yeah it's, no, it's like I, you're
6: giving a silent retreat i, just, I
0: completely understand it's not my, yeah. right absolutely even just doing a talk i feel so it's just so awkward to do it through zoom and and you can do it where people are interacting and asking asking questions and it's just mm-hmm. so i find it so impersonal um i don't even like doing meetings on zoom um, right. um tell me about saint joseph i know it's it's a couple of years now but it's such a beautiful song and and i I think you can correct me if I'm wrong, but I think for you, a highlight, right?
6: It, yeah, it certainly was at a time. And you know, I had went, gone through a little bit of period of writer slump, I guess, because mm-hmm. most, you know, just being away from people and not having stories, those things stimulate writing, I think, yep. creativity. Um, so this was, I had read the Holy Father's Apostolic Letter on um, for the year of St. Joseph, and it just, it went right through me my family's always had a devotion to St. Joseph and strong Italian heritage. And, um, but that, that prayer in particular was, um, I just thought it was beautiful in the way it highlighted him as a man, as a, as a disciple, um, his own fiat. And so usually, you know, a song might take me a little while to finish it, but that one, like just fell out on the piano. It Mm -hmm. came so quickly. It was, um, trying to, and I used a lot of the words of the Holy Father as inspiration for the lyrics um, to try to catch just the the whole picture of Joseph, a man who never spoke a word in the Bible. No, you know, not a word of his is recorded, and yet he's got this great richness about him. So, um, anyway, and I wanted to make sure that it was uh, that we did a, a music video with it. Yes, and we wanted the music video just to highlight the power yeah. of. Um, men in our world who are, um, not allowed to be humble and not allowed to be, Mm. to show weakness, um, and how that weakness is such a strength in the domestic church. And, um, so anyway, we put this together and we put a lot of people on that video who were, Mm. um, important to me, uh, people that, um, that were special to me in, in the video. And, uh, we had Mm. it completely funded by people who were interested in being part of the project, so, um, it was a lot of fun. Was there interesting with COVID trying to film and yes, we were kind of coming out of it, but um, we, the church was empty and the priest gave us this beautiful church yeah. for us to film. Yeah, um, it's
0: it's and, yeah. yeah, it's a beautiful video. We played it so many times on Salton, yeah, Mount I Television. appreciate that. And so, if people want to watch it, I'm sure that they can just google with a father's heart, Lorraine Hess, and they can find it on on uh, all kinds of uh video platforms. And um, tell me about the mass setting, um, because I'm intrigued about. Uh, I'm a big fan of St. Catherine of Siena, Yeah. Um, but I wouldn't have thought to write a mass setting kind of inspired by in her. her tell me, yeah. Tell or in her honor. So, yeah. Tell me about that.
6: I think, you know, on the, there's lots that's gone on in our church and in our world that very much mirrors her time, even mm-hmm. though she lived in medieval times, you know, there were problems with the church that she was calling out, but she loved the church and she, she wanted the best for the church. So during the plague where she's beating on the rectory, asking the priest to come out and give the people their sacraments and, mm-hmm. and, and, um and just her humility, but our love, but also her zest. Um, and yeah. so I've always admired her. I think she's a, she's a, a saint for today. Um, she's a saint for women who really want to balance that humility with um, commitment to the faith. Um, so she was very instrumental in my life. She's she's the patroness of my high school alumni. So I okay. went to a, a, a Dominican high school here in New Orleans. She's the patroness um, for the alumni. And then I am the music director at Saint Catherine of Siena Church. What I don't think is any coincidence that I ended up there. Right. Um, and then you mentioned the house fire, but, um, she was the saint I clung to. I just, I just cling to her through that whole ordeal to just walk with me. Yeah, she did. And I feel like she's interceded in so many ways for me. So when it came time to writing this mass setting, I, um, I had to name it for her, but I met with a Dominican nun, Sister Noelle Tomy, here in New Orleans, who had been to Siena several times. And mm. I sat with her and I said, just tell me everything about Catherine. Like, what would this music need to sound like for her to approve? And she said, you know, she, she was joyful, but reverent. And so that was my goal, that it would mm. be joyful yet reverent. So the pieces like the Kyrie, the Lamb of God, are very reverent and melodic and they they ebb and flow and, Um, They have a beauty to it but then the Gloria and the Holy Holy have this power to it that um, it's it's joyful
0: you know what and I know it's Lent but I'm gonna we'll play a little bit of the Gloria and the Holy Holy just now just a few minutes so the people can hear hear what you're saying um, because we didn't get a chance to listen to them That's a little taste of the Gloria and the Holy Holy from the Mass of St. Catherine of Siena by Lorraine Hess, uh, who is my guest right now. Lorraine, in the little time that we have left, uh, you're also dedicating, can I say that you're dedicating pilgrimages to or by the hand of or alongside Catherine of Siena? How does that that work? (laughs) Actually, so
6: when the Mass setting came out, Yubilate Tours contacted me and said, oh, we have an artist to send to. Siena now, so uh, and they send recording artists and they yep. put pilgrimages together. So they said we would love for you to go to Italy. So I'm going with 49 people on pilgrimage, the Wednesday after Easter, and we're going to be singing the Mass of Saint Catherine Siena in Siena.
0: Oh, how fun. And It's going to
6: just be so amazing for me to hear all the pilgrims singing these mass parts, and um so we're really looking forward to that. So yes, that that's one pilgrimage. The first one that I'm doing with Yuba Latte happens to be to Rome, to Siena, Siena, and um, Assisi, and Okay, Forest. is there
0: still space? Can people still register? Or is is it closed? No,
6: it's closed. Yeah. It filled yeah. up very quickly. I'm um, sure. We're looking at doing another tour okay. um, in the following year,
0: but all right. So people can 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 go to your website now, LorraineHess.com, and they can start start getting ready to see <laughs> when when you announce the one for next year. Um, Lorraine, thank you. Thank you for what you're doing. It's good to see you and to chat well, and to, to catch you. up. And, and I must say, mass settings I think are a difficult thing, and, and there's very few that move me personally mm-hmm. as, as a, if I can say this as a as a score for the mass that actually served the mass and helps me enter deeper into the mass. And I think yours, yours does that. Um
6: I appreciate that.
0: So thank you to I you just... and thank you to St. Catherine of Siena. Yes, amen. <laughs> She's great. All right. Um, take care and uh congratulations to your your Same boys you. and everything that's happening. And uh maybe next time I can go on the pilgrimage with you.
6: Oh, that sounds great. I'm that gonna hold you fine. to that.
0: All right, that's good. <laughs> Have a great day. You too. You can learn all about Lorraine Hess, purchase her music, and learn about the pilgrimages at her website, lorrainehess.com and it's Hess, H-E-S-S, lorrainehess.com. If you missed any part of our conversation or you want to listen to it again, just head on over to our website, slmedia.org slash podcast. And here now uh, to take us out is Lorraine Hess with that song that she was talking about uh, dedicated to St. Joseph, With a Father's Heart.
5: faithful listener to your dreams. From your fiat, son of David, came the paschal mystery. Abba to the holy family, patron of
0: listening to Lorraine Hess with her single dedicated to St. Joseph With a Father's Heart and that concludes this special summer edition of the Saltonite Hour remember to visit our website slmedia.org that's where you can listen to all our programs and not just podcasts there's a lot of content there videos and our blog which includes my column Deconstructing that's also where you can find out everything you want about Salt and Light Media and how you can support our ministry, because we cannot do this program without your financial support. That's slmedia.org. If you have any comments or questions, you can send them. Email me, pedro at slmedia.org, or you can find me on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter. Thank you for being with us today. I'm Deacon Pedro, and this has been a special summer edition of the
1: Salt and Light Hour.